0: Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Acting like men. Do you know the Bible said that? What does that mean when the Bible tells us to act like men? It depends who you ask. Because for some in our world today, acting like men means shooting stuff. Watch a beer! Watch watch football. For some, acting like men means never, ever showing emotion. It means doing whatever you want. You're a man. You're gonna do what you want to do. Nobody can tell you what to do. Being a man means win fights. If anybody tries to make you do something you don't want, well you'll just you'll beat them up. You might not start the fight, but you sure will finish it. Being a man means being more than the other guy. Taller. Hairier. Got bigger muscles. You got a bigger wallet. Score more points. Make more money. Sleep with more women. That might be why others in the world label acting like men as being toxic.
1: For them, though, the answer is just
0: get rid of the whole outdated concept of masculinity. Though that's not going to work either. Because men and women are, in fact, different. I know it's highly controversial for me to say, I didn't say that. But it's true. And every once in a while, we still see flashes in the world where we've got enough societal sanity that we do remember that. There was a celebrity a few years back, who had very famously transitioned to begin living life as a woman. And they were asked what had been the most difficult thing about living as a woman. And they responded in a national publication. You can look it up. It's still out there. That the most difficult thing about being a woman was choosing what to wear. (laughs) Now, wives, mothers, Women out there in the workplace? Women having to walk across a dark parking lot at night. And the past week was the most difficult thing you had to do choosing what to wear? That's toxic. Because there's more to being a woman, and there's more to being a man, than what you wear than even what you think and what you feel. Because it works both ways. Every sitcom in America has trumpeted the image of a man as the dolt, the idiot that needs the smart wife to come up behind him and fix all the messes he makes. But those attitudes, they're the worst sort of stereotypes. They are truly toxic, but what do we do? We can't just cancel masculinity because we are different, but we clearly have some pretty big problems in our society. Well, context in passages like this one in 1 Corinthians 16 matters. Because when the Apostle Paul is inspired by God's Holy Spirit to write act like men, he is writing those words to a community of Christians a community of Christians that part of the instruction to act like men also included being watchful, being firm in their faith. It included being strong. It included the admonition that everything they said and did, their reason, their motivation for it, be love, agape, the self-giving love, of God, So that gives us a pretty big hint that when the Apostle Paul writes, act like men, he means something different than the world. Different than the world in his day, different than the world now. So what does it mean to be a man? Well, I hope to go back to the source, the very first page of your Bible. Genesis chapter 1. Beginning with verse 26, then God said, and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God made humanity. The Hebrew word there for man being Adam. And he made humanity different from everything else that he created. Because when he created humanity, he said, let us make man in our kingdom. After our likeness. Unlike anything else in this world, we were created to be like God. We were created to exercise God's rule, His reign, His dominion over the good world that He created. And when He created humanity, He created us male and female. He made us different by design, but both in his image. Male and female, we are both a part of the image of God. God blessed the differences between us as male and female so that when we're together, we can be fruitful and multiply. We can... Fill the earth with his image. We can lead the work like him. Now certainly that's true in the physical sense. No matter how enlightened our society gets, you're never going to have babies unless you got a male and a female. But it's also true in a broader sense, in our unique. Capabilities and dispositions and temperaments. When you put us together, we combine to more completely fulfill God's good purposes for this world. But that means we can't deny our differences. We can't pretend that we are all exactly alike, that gender is a construct that's completely interchangeable. We need women exactly as God created them, And we need men. We need men. The way God created men to be. Despite the obvious problems in our world that sin has caused, we need godly masculinity to live the blessed, fruitful lives that God created us for. But doing that means we have to learn from God how to be a man. And he's qualified to tell us that. Because as you look down in Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 through 9, we're given the origin story of men. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field The Lord God made to spring up every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you see the origin story of man, you see that God is our creator. You see that God is our designer. You see that it is God's breath that is in our lungs. That means if we want to understand what it means to be a real man, we need to recognize that he is the source and the author of the template. And when we follow his template, the result is very good. Just take a closer look at some of how God created the man. A few verses later in Genesis 2 and verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Now we've already been told in Genesis that the man didn't have to work to survive. God was making food just pop out of the ground. Beautiful, delicious food was just there. Yet even though God was supplying every need had, God still created the man to work. So appreciate to be a real man, real men work. We need something to do. God made us that way. And sisters, that's why your husband or your male co-workers or the elders and deacons and ministers and church are the way we are, it's hard for us to just sit and talk the way God created us. We want to do, we crave action, but appreciate that even as we acknowledge that about God's design, that is not an excuse for us to be workaholics, because specifically real men work with God. Because when verses 19 through 20 of Genesis 2 describe the work that the man did in the garden, recognize God is bringing the beasts and the birds that he created, and he's bringing them to the man. And he's waiting to see what's the man going to call this furry thing with the floppy ear and the tails that's just so cute that we just fall in love with it as soon as we see it. What's he going to call the thing that's going in and out of his legs and purring the whole time? What's he going to name it? God's watching. And you see, the work as God gives it, it's a partnership. It's creative, just as God and his image and likeness is creative. It makes a meaningful difference in the world. But his value as a man isn't measured by his work. His value as a man is measured by his relationship with God. The reason for the work that he does is to glorify God. So the world gets in trouble when we go against God's design. When able-bodied men don't work, it causes Trouble. It causes trouble for our physical health. It causes trouble for us as a society when we incentivize not working as a matter of government policy. It hurts people. But while all of my conservatively inclined brothers and sisters are ready to shout "Amen," (laughs) appreciate it's not just a matter of politics. Because whenever parents or guardians of teenagers allow them to move into adolescence with no responsibility, they're always coming behind them, doing everything for them, you're making it very hard for that teenager to grow to be a man. Whenever parents enable their young adults to stay up all night playing video games and sleep all day while somebody else goes to work and gets the bills. You are not raising that young adult to be a man. You are going against God's design for them. You may think you're being sweet. You may be trying to love them. They've always been your baby boy. But you are keeping them from becoming who God created them to be. Also, we're not being men when we do work But we allow that work to become our God. When we elevate it above all else, when we make our careers our identity. Because a real man works with God. A real man does not use work as an excuse to run from God. If work is your excuse for life, you just don't have time to pray with your family. If work is your excuse for why you just can't do a devotional, you can't study scripture with your family, if work is your excuse why your wife has to bring the kids to church because you can't be bothered to come, you're not being a man by working, you're being an idol worshiper. You are being something less than the image and likeness of God that you were created to be. And sometimes we get false notions about what that work is supposed to be. The man goes out and works in the office, does yard work, fixes stuff. The lady, she keeps the house clean. She cooks the meals. She raises the kids 24-7 for 18 years. Fair distribution of labor. You know, I've known guys that won't change dirty diapers because they're gross. She's got to do that. I don't do poopy diapers. But did you know, on average, men spend 25% longer on the toilet than women? Do? So, if anybody, if anybody should be dealing with poop, be a man. You don't like how it smells? You don't want to get it on your fingers? Tough. You're a man. Work for your family. Do stuff even if you don't love it. Even if it's kind of nasty. Because your family needs it. And God's made you strong enough to be able to help. Now we may divvy up those tasks that we do. We may divvy them up in non-traditional ways sometimes. But a real man's going to work with their family. In Genesis chapter 2, Verses 20 through 25. The story continues. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place of flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. As God created us as men, we can't be lone wolves. Don't need anybody. Because God created us in his image and likeness, and he by definition is a God of relationship. Now that may not always mean romantic relationships. Scripture tells us elsewhere that God has given some of us the gift of singleness. And if you have that gift, you should use it for God's glory. But if statistically, like the majority of men, you are very interested in having a romantic relationship with a woman, appreciate there's still a right way to do it. And it's not the world today, Because the world makes the goal of relationship sex. And then, if you really like each other, commitment can maybe come later. But that's not being a man. Not according to the one who designed it. Not according to the one who gives us the template. Hooking up, ghosting, You're not a stud. You're a coward. Or even if you're kind of committed, you've been going steady for a while, but you're not ready to get married, but sex is fun. That's not being a godly man. You're using her, you're being selfish. You're putting your needs and wants ahead of God's good design. You're putting your desires ahead of what's best for her. That's not commendable. That's not something to celebrate. That's something to be ashamed of, which is the opposite of what God's design is intended to be. Because God shows us that real men commit. Real men commit first. They commit permanently in marriage, And that means that they're watchful. That means that they're faithful. That takes strength. It means doing everything in love that puts someone else first. The way God puts us first. So real men will hold fast to their wives. They will put their needs ahead of themselves. They will protect them. They will comfort them. They will be the kind of men that allow her to be safely. She might gain a little weight after she has those babies. She might not always fix her hair or put on makeup, but she's yours. And you love her. And you're going to make it so if she likes superhero movies, she can like superhero movies. And you're not going to give her a hard time because she is yours. God gave her to you. And you are going to protect her and look out for her. And when you do it that way, you can be yourself too. You can be completely vulnerable. That is the image God gives us. They were both naked and were not ashamed. They could be completely open. They could be completely vulnerable as they lived life according to God's design. They didn't have to compete. They didn't have to compare. They didn't have to hide. They didn't have to pretend. The reason that Adam was unashamed wasn't because he had six-pack abs or really big feet. Real men can be open. She's laughing, but she doesn't know why that was funny, but I'll still take the laughter. Real men can be open and vulnerable because their identity, is in God. Now, obviously, it's not like that anymore. For one thing, we're all wearing clothes. But also just the image of manhood in the world. It's not the image of God. What most people think when they hear man doesn't look much like the likeness of our Creator. And that's because we wanted to decide for ourselves what was good and in Instead of trusting God, and we broke everything. We did make things pretty toxic but it doesn't have to stay that way. Over in the New Testament, in Colossians, chapter 1, starting with the 13th verse, the Apostle Paul is inspired to write this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifted from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. You know, back when you see on the first page God saying, let us make, this is the payoff of that. Christ was there. Christ is the word through which God created everything. Christ is the one that holds all things together. And then Christ came into this world as a real man. He did what we all failed to do by Christ. Perfectly embodying the image of the invisible God. He was that firstborn of all creation. He's the one in whom all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. He shows us what we're meant to be. And through Him, through His death, burial, and resurrection, through the reign that He now has as King, we can be delivered from the domain of darkness. Our lives don't have to be spent. Canceling and denying God's design, they don't have to be spent in injustice and toxicity. We can be delivered from that domain of darkness and be reconciled to God. Even though all of us sitting here have fallen short of what God's design for us was meant to be, because of Jesus, that can be changed even though we've had inappropriate relationships, even though we've been motivated by fear or selfishness, even though we've been lazy, any of those ways that we've gotten out of step with God's goodness, Jesus makes it possible that not only can that be forgiven, but as part of Jesus' body, as part of the church, we can learn to live life the way God created us to be. We can experience the abundance and the fruitfulness that God always intended. But men, that means you need church. This isn't just something for your wives. This isn't something for you to just sort of hang out and talk with the guys about the game. And you'll let your wife do the singing. And you'll let your wife do the praying. And if you even come with her, that's good. That's not going to cut it. Because if you want to be a man, you need Jesus. And Jesus works through his church. To help you become whole and blameless. So we need to step up and work with you. Because if we are in Christ, if we are learning from Jesus how to live, that'll be when we become a Could you pray with me? Holy Father, Help every man and boy in this assembly right now become the man you created us to be. Help us to work with you. Help us to be committed. Help us to do good. Father, help us to repent of the ways that we've fallen short. To feel remorse as we recognize those patterns in our life that are out of step with your design. Help us, Father, to receive forgiveness from you. If we've been united with your Son in baptism, to allow his blood to continue to cleanse us, to get in step with your Spirit going forward. And Father, if there's anyone here, male or female, who has not put on your Son in baptism, we pray, Father, that you move to convict them that this might be the very day that they do so. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.